Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And I wanted to welcome you back to Let This Mind Be In You. This is Brother Michael D'Angelo here, back with you on another Thursday night. And uh, we're going to be continuing the study of the book of Corinthians with chapter 2. In this portion of the letter, Paul talks about the mystery and how it was revealed by himself, by the power of the Spirit, which searches the deep things of God and reveals them to us. Paul additionally speaks about how the only things that he wanted to do was preach Christ crucified and not to bring excellency of speech. Like I said, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night, and so I'm I'm thankful that you're able to join me. If you're joining me live via uh, Facebook or YouTube, I really appreciate that. You taking some time out of your busy uh, nights and days to go ahead and watch this live. But don't forget, you can always go back to watch any of the past uh, previous episodes or whatever you want to call them. I, I don't know if you call them episodes or just... Uh, videos or podcasts or whatever like that, whatever you want to call them, you can always go back and you can watch them uh, either if you want to watch the video portion of it. Um, Some of the, some, I guess you would say some of the um, videos, I guess you would need to watch them as opposed to listen to them because there's, um, let's see, there's about Golgotha and some other ones that you're going to need, you know, some visual things. They just don't translate very well to audio podcast only, but if you want to listen to the podcast versions, you can more than welcome to do that as well. We're now over 125, I believe, now episodes in. Um, I keep calling them episodes. I don't even know if that's the right word. Hello, Brother Ken. I see you there on, on YouTube. I don't know if they're called episodes. I, I, don't, I don't know what to call them. Anyways, videos or podcast or whatever, um, go ahead and go back and watch or listen to all those. You can listen on Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. I uh, just had a new subscriber at work, actually, so hello to you, uh, Miss Nagel, as uh, a new subscriber on Spotify, so you can find me on Spotify as well. Uh, Podbean, uh, just about anywhere you want to uh, you get your podcast from, you can always find me there at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, you know, it's slowly people are starting to, you know, subscribe and tune in or whatever. It's been over two, let's see, I think February will mark three years I've been doing this. And um, it seems like time's flying by really quick on this, but, um, you know, it's not about the number of how many people join or whatever, but I just pray that somebody's getting something out of it as far as some edification. Nothing is coming through here. I'm seeing somebody on Facebook saying nothing is coming through, but I'm hearing good audio. I've already had the check from my lovely bride that's normally checking on this stuff, so... Miss Allen, Miss Bonnie, if you're still watching, you should be able to hear. I'm not sure exactly what's going on on your end there because both YouTube and Facebook are both picking up audio. 
That's interesting. If you tuned in, if you're watching this here in a minute, if you tuned in, yep, if you tuned in a little bit uh, at the beginning, there was no audio, uh, just a countdown timer. So maybe that's what she's speaking of. Maybe she tuned in a little bit late. Boy, I hope that's not something going on. Nope, everybody's checking in, saying that everything's going well. So I don't know. It's always something. But uh, I pray that you're still there, Miss Bonnie, and that uh, you, you can hear now. So let me know if something changes for you on that. Well, that's really strange. All right, anyways, but we're back in 1 Corinthians tonight, so I'd, um, I'm off a little bit. I'll be honest with you folks that are listening and those that are watching, um, I'm pretty tired. I went kayaking today. Um, not all that strenuous of an exercise, but I worked, I was super early this morning, I was working out, and then, you know, worked for a little while, and then we had a, a kayaking trip, which was very fun, uh, I've got, I'm thankful that for sunscreen, um, so I didn't get burnt, I don't think, very much, or even at all, um, so I'm really appreciative of that, uh, of sunscreen, um, and we went and, uh, and kayaked, probably it was maybe no more round trip, probably no more than about three miles, uh, but I'm pretty tired. I'm pretty wore out. I'll be honest with you. Um, I turned 40 here in a couple months, and I don't know, maybe just something about it, but I, I came home, I took a shower, and uh, my wife just woke me up probably about an hour or so ago because I crashed out for about an hour. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling all that, like, uh, my the pep in my step, so to speak, but um, I, I really wanted to get into this tonight with uh, with – First Corinthians chapter two. If you notice, uh, if you watch the opening, um, um, I guess you would say the opener uh, with the audio and everything like that, and uh, slides that go through there, um, you'll see one of the verses that I mentioned is First Corinthians two and verse number sixteen. So we'll hopefully we'll get to that tonight. And don't forget also, um, you can always feel free to leave comments, um, whether they're live or whether you want to just leave them later on. Please do that. Uh, share the videos. Share the podcast. Uh, of course. Um, but most importantly, if you, there's any kind of like prayer requests or something that you would like me to pray for, please uh, put it in the comments. If you don't want a lot of people knowing about it or whatever, and you want to reach out to me personally, you can always reach out on my face. No, not my Facebook. Well, I guess you can send me an instant message um, on the Facebook page, Let This Mind Be In You Ministries, or you can send me an email at ltmbiy, that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com, ltmbiy at yahoo.com. You can send me a prayer request. <laughs> I hear you, honey. Um, I can uh, send me your prayer request, and I'll be able to make sure that I, I can pray for those and, um, and get back with you, or questions or comments. So my wife just uh, told me that she can see that I'm, I'm bouncing my leg underneath the, my desk, and uh, I guess she's noticing it. I think I was trying to get myself, you know, up. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. But I hear you, my love. She texted me that. She's so sweet. Anyways, my help me, my lovely bride. In about a month or so, just a little bit, just over, a little bit over a month, we'll be married for 18 years. Our 18-year wedding anniversary is coming up, and uh, 18 years, just 
That seems that seems like a large number. I know there's probably folks uh, that listen to this or probably in the audience or that are hearing this that are like, well, we've been married for 40 years or plus. But um, I can remember when I was 18 years old and I thought I was like, wow, you know, I've been on this earth for a long time. But I've been married to my wife coming up here now on 18 years. I've known her for a lot longer than that. Anyways. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's get into it. Um, let's get into the Word of God. You didn't hear me, you didn't tune in here to listen to me drone on and on, so let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, get into God's Word, shall we? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So we, we went through chapter 1, obviously, last time, and there was quite a bit in there. Um, we had two parts. Probably could have spent uh, probably even another third, possibly even a fourth part on it. There's so much more I kind of wanted to get into, but... Um, for sake of brevity, uh, I just chose, I was like, well, let's not go to every single one of those verses and so forth and so on. So, uh, but anyways, just study those things out. You can go back and watch those last two videos. But um, chapter two starts out with probably, I, I guess you would say the, the attitude, the spirit that I, that I, uh, that I'm, I'd like to come with every single time that these lights turn on and the and the video cameras on and the recorder is recording the audio. Uh, this first verse is something I think about all the time, and um, sometimes I think that uh, I get too wrapped up in the um, does everything sound right, does everything look right, so forth and so on. I forget about this verse, and it comes to re- it reminds me all the time. And sure enough, let's start out with verse number one here in First Corinthians chapter two. But it says here, "And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom." Paul is simply saying that he's not coming with his own wisdom; he's coming with the wisdom of God. Obviously, this these are the words that God revealed to him for him to speak to us and to those brethren there at Corinth. Um, but he didn't come with excellency of speech. Instead, he said, declaring unto you the testimony of God. That's what his mindset was. And in fact, in 2 Corinthians, turn over there real quick, Paul even said about his speech, not only did he not come with excellency of speech, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in verse number 6, he says, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. You could take from that that Paul really didn't have, I guess you would say, the orator. You know, he wasn't very eloquent in speech. You know, he didn't come with excellency of speech, but instead he came with just the word, the word of God, and just gave that simply. And so many times I think we do get wrapped around that, or even we get drawn to people that have a good speech pattern, that can tell a good story, and, and, you know, really just bring you in. Let's just be careful, brethren, that we're being about the word only, the word only, not of man's wisdom, but of God's wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. This is the testimony. Um, it's just like being in a courtroom where somebody's giving a testimony. They're, they're saying that this happened, this is true. Paul was bringing only what God revealed to him, revealed to him, to reveal to us. The mystery that he revealed to us were, you know, that he gave the dispensation delivered to you word. Paul was the conduit, so to speak, that as God revealed these things to him, he was the conduit that revealed it to us. And that's why, whether by deed or epistle, whether by deed or epistle, that's what is our ensample. 
these epistles, these letters to the, the early churches that are around are our example. They're our example for us to follow. Because he says in verse number two, for I determined not to know anything among you. This is his heart. This is the, the core of the matter. Nothing. Not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. Turn over real quick to Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse number 8, I kind of wanted to bring something out here just a little bit, a well-known passage of Scripture, but Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 8, it says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Again, didn't come with excellence of his speech, didn't come with any of just Christ crucified. That's the only thing that he was about and what we should be about. And counting all, it says in verse number eight there of Philippians chapter three, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Aren't we supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? The verse continues, it says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Boy, isn't that true? He had a career lined up. He was a well-known professional in said career. In fact, they were charging him to go and to persecute believers. That's what he was doing, sent out from the religious leaders because he was an up-and-comer, so to speak, trained at all the right schools under the right teachers, Gamaliel, and he gave up a lot of stuff, but he counted it all for loss. It was nothing to him. Suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. That's the attitude he had about that thing. These things of this life, they're nothing but dung. That's pretty graphic language, right? That's pretty specific. That I may win Christ. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of him. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, of course, which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, that's a very interesting word there, fellowship, of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. We are crucified with Christ. We have fellowship with him when we are born again. When we are saved and brought into the body of Christ, we now have fellowship with him and in his sufferings. The fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, Paul says, I live. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. The resurrection of the dead is assured for him, and he knew this. He was fully persuaded, he tells Timothy, about those things. Also look over at 1 Corinthians. Um, We just covered this last week and and the previous week. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 17. So back to where we were. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Then dropping down to verse number 23. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stomach block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Preach Christ, Christ crucified. Know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Galatians chapter 2. In verse number 20, it's the next thing I have written down on the side of my notes here. 
Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20, where the Bible says here, I am crucified with Christ. I just mentioned this a few moments ago. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. I wanted to read that verse because it's not the license to, quote-unquote, to sin. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Paul addresses this quite a bit in Galatians. So I just wanted to read that next verse there. But we are crucified with Christ. Therefore, that is the gospel. That's the good news that we are to talk about, to preach, to teach. Nothing, save nothing only Christ crucified. Chapter 3 and verse number 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you. His body, his local body of believers there, when they are brought into the body of Christ, they're crucified. Galatians chapter 5. I love the book of Galatians. I've been studying through it with a, a local body here in Slidell, Louisiana. But uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 24. <clears throat> And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If you reckon yourself dead, if you remember who you are in Christ, you're like, hmm, wait a minute, those things have already been nailed to his cross. That's not who I am. Makes sense, doesn't it? And then finally, Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 14. Like I said, Galatians covers this quite a bit. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Paul reckoned himself dead, and so should we. If you're in Christ, remember that you've been crucified with him. Verse number three, getting back to 1 Corinthians chapter two. I'll keep an eye on time here. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. It's a very... It's a, not fear as in like just, you know, sitting over in a corner, but it's a very sobering thing that every time we teach the word, we should really, really, really think about this, that this is an awesome thing that's going on. I do not take this lightly, and God help me if I ever do, and not saying that I haven't come into this maybe a little bit flippantly sometimes or like that, but... This is, a, this is a very serious thing that Paul is talking about here. When we teach the word, don't insert ourselves into it. Be about the word. Much trembling. Hmm. Verse number four, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. There it is again. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If anybody could convince you, I guess you would say, uh, in religious matters, Paul would say later on that he was the Jew of Jews. You know, he had studied at all the right schools, as I mentioned before. But that's the wisdom of men. He could do all those things. I'm sure that he could expound on the scriptures better than anybody that we know right now. But he's not coming with his own wisdom. He's coming with just the word of God. That's a great thing. He says there, once again, let's read that again, verse number five, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What a fantastic thought. Howbeit, verse number six, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, 
wait a minute, perfect. That just means complete. Yes, we are complete in him. We are waiting for the redemption of this body, unfortunately. And Paul says whenever he sinneth, it's not I that sinneth, he said, but the flesh. And what he means by that is that that's not his identity. Paul doesn't have an identity crisis, so to speak. Okay, He knows who he is in Christ. He's fully persuaded. We need to be fully persuaded in who we are in Christ to understand the fact that, no, we're not going to live a sinlessly perfect life in this flesh. Of course not. But we need to die to that flesh, to reckon ourselves dead, to remember we are not that individual. That person, the old me, the old man, the natural man, as we'll see in a moment, has been nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. The remission of sins, the, all those sins have been blotted out. They've been abolished by his death on the cross. Therefore, we are complete we're just waiting on the redemption of this body. That's it. And so he says when he speaks wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of the world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And let's keep reading down through verse number 10. But as it is written, this is Isaiah chapter 64 and verse number 4, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And what I wanted to show you here on this, take a sip of coffee here real quick, What I wanted to talk about real quick on this is this mystery, okay? We think of a mystery, we think of Scooby-Doo, right? The mystery. You know, they're going to try to reveal who the bad guy is, right? That's the type of mystery we're talking about? No. These are just things that were talked about, even in prophecy. Things that we see now because they've been revealed. Um, and we're like, oh, wow, look at all these things in the Old Testament that's that was talking about Jesus Christ and him dying on the cross and um, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes uh, we are healed and all these kinds of things. Wow, that's Jesus Christ. They had no idea that's who it was. These things were not revealed. They were written down. The prophets of old, as the Holy Spirit spoke, they wrote, but they didn't know what the, what this was all about. The revelation of that mystery, the mystery, I guess you would say, revealed, was through the Apostle Paul. Look at uh, Romans chapter 16. You know, uh, you mean I don't have to go through the nation of Israel in order to find redemption, salvation? No, you don't have to go through the nation of Israel and their system of uh, circumcision of the flesh and keeping of holy days and on and on and on, bringing a, a you know, uh, a sacrifice of an animal to the, to the temple, uh, going to synagogue, all these, all these kinds of things. You mean I don't have to go through the nation of Israel as a Gentile? I don't have to do all those things? No, you don't because we are the body of Christ. These things were revealed unto the apostle Paul. Look at Romans chapter 16 and verse number 25. Now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. 
but now is made manifest and by scriptures of the prophets. Now see that? There were written down by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. But they were revealed. This mystery was revealed by the Apostle Paul. Things that they could not see, Paul said, God has revealed them to me, and here they are. And now we have them in these letters to the churches, in his epistles. It's as simple as that. That's the revelation of this mystery, the revealing, so to speak. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 4. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 4. And down through, let's read down through verse number 9. Well, let's start in verse number 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This mystery, what is this? Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's the difference. Now, just very briefly, if you wanted to come to the one true God, you had to come through the nation of Israel. If you were a Gentile, uh, I think of the example that um, was it the Roman centurion that had, a, I believe, a sick daughter. And I think it was north in uh, Capernaum, north of the Sea of Galilee there, uh, which I've actually got to see, which was really neat. Anyways, the point is, is that um, that that region right there, the Jewish religious leaders of that day came to Jesus Christ and said, hey, you can heal this daughter of this centurion, this Gentile, because he has blessed the nation. You had to bless God's chosen nation, give alms, uh, give to the poor, be good to them, I guess you would say, in order to receive blessings. That's what God said. I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. Remember he said that to Abraham. Um, there it is. There's a perfect example of that um, in Jesus' earthly ministry when he was walking this earth. Um, that's an example of that. But we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to go through these steps of the law, which it demanded that somebody like me would have to, as a Gentile, a Roman, by the way, an Italian, um, had to go through this process. Something had changed. And Paul had brought this revelation, this revealing of what the change was. Look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 26. Hope this is making sense to you because it's what the scripture says very clearly. They did not know about crucifying the Lord of glory. If they had known it, as we look back there, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And I wonder why. Because Satan doesn't have the answers. He doesn't have the knowledge. That's why I just keep, you know, harping on this. You know, we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ, right? Um, the reason why we're not looking for the Antichrist is because Satan has no idea when Jesus is coming. Therefore, he always has somebody ready in, in the wings. This whole thing about, you know, well, this cabal, this conspiracy, this worldwide thing. To, yes, because that's just man's nature to be evil continually. But Jesus Christ opens the first seal. 
Anyways, that's a tangent. I'm not going to go down. All right, Colossians chapter 1, this is the last one, verse number 26. Starting in verse number 25, actually, whereof I am made a minister, this is Paul speaking again, of course, according to the dispensation of God, how this was dispensed, given to him, of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest, clearly shown. Here it is, brothers and sisters in Christ, right here in black and white, we have in these letters this revelation of this mystery. It was hid from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? I love how the scriptures aren't complicated. We try to complicate them, but look at the next couple words. Very clear, is it? right? Ready? It says, uh, make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Wonder what that is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Nobody was indwelled with the Holy Spirit before this. Um, I guess you would say in the Old Testament. Uh, nobody had Christ in them, the hope of glory. You know who you have in you if you have received the free completely free gift of salvation that's not of your righteousness but of his Christ in you the hope of glory and as Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus complete have you gotten to the point where you are fully persuaded in who you are in Christ are you complete in that knowledge? Whereunto I also labor, labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. This is what Paul came to do. So as him, as our example, as he said to Timothy, I believe it was, follow me as I follow Christ. So from then on, we have it by epistle right here. We're to follow this in these epistles. That's for us, church, body of Christ, church of the living God. This is our ensample. So what, what are you supposed to do? We're supposed to be ambassadors preaching Christ crucified. That's it. Um, well, there's more to that, Michael. Uh, you know, there's other things that, okay, whatever. Know nothing among you except Christ crucified. Well, don't we need to really dive down deep into the mysteries of eschatology and use big words like that, which just means end times or whatever. Study of end time things. Uh, okay, that's, I guess that would be fun, I guess, a little bit. To, obviously, God's word is profitable. There is profit in that for reproof, for correction, instruction of righteousness. Sure, sure. What should you be grounded in first? Paul calls it the sincere milk of the word. We do move on from, I guess you would say, milk. These are already saints in Christ Jesus here in Corinth. We've already talked about that. But other places said, I desire to give you more, but I had to keep you on the sincere milk of the word. They weren't persuaded. They weren't fully established in their own mind of who they were in they were in Christ. 
That's why they, if they were rooted and grounded and had grown in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they wouldn't have been acting the way that they're about ready, he's going about to address, okay? That's the point. We're made new creatures in Christ, but we still have this old flesh that we have to battle. How do we battle that? Die. Well, what do you mean? Die to self. Beyond that, we can't move on. I guess you would say move on, graduate, get off the formula, the sincere milk until that. And what I see, and this is just my this is just my perspective or my perception of things, mostly is that people want to talk about those things because it gets them likes or it gets them viewers or it gets them uh, a following because they want to talk about, you know, this cult or they want to talk about this thing or this end time. Is this the Antichrist? Is this person over here? Jesus is coming in, you know, November of 2021 or whatever the, the, the clickbait, the things are. It's to get viewers so they can speak in their own wisdom or to get followers, maybe not online or in some sort of, but even like at the local level in a building that come in, they're like, wow, this guy really, excellency of speech. He really knows prophecy and end times things and, and they get a following. And then, and then they'll be like, hey, make sure you uh, buy my latest book and you know, make a profit off of it. Let's not know anything except for Christ crucified. Let's get established in that. Now, is that going to get a whole lot of people views and followings and stuff like that? No, but what's the point of all that? Because Paul says that's dung. Isn't it interesting how it comes full circle like that? Thus, the full circle of how the Word of God just keeps circling back on itself. It's just amazing. I, I, I get uh, kind of amused sometimes that as we think about how important we are and how much, you know, we've arrived and how good the Apostle Paul, who was given this revelation of a mystery, had all these things, was still given a thorn in the flesh so that he wouldn't glorify in himself. Even he struggled in the flesh. Who are we to think we're any different? Sobering warning, isn't it not? But that's the mystery revealed. They didn't know it. I mean, you can go back to like places like Luke chapter 23 and verse number 34. Acts chapter 3 and verse 17, you can look these up on your own. And then let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 14. This whole idea of, uh, you know, they knew they were waiting for him to come to die. You know, they were looking forward to the cross. I've heard that used so many times. Let's, let's look and see what the Word of God has to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In verse number, what did I write down here? 14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. What veil? It's over their eyes. Folks, I was in Israel, and the Orthodox Jews there, not the secular Jews, but the Orthodox Jews, the religious ones, know their Old Testament. 
They know the writings of Jeremiah, Isaiah. They can go and talk about the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They venerate Moses. They can go to Leviticus and probably quote it. You know, they know it backwards and forwards, but there's still a veil over their eyes. Wouldn't they, knowing those scriptures the way they do, see Christ in all that? Wait, wow. In the first century, we our forefathers crucified God, you know, and then, you know, Jews being saved by the thousands and millions. But the Bible says there's a veil over their eyes and was from the beginning. It's a sad thing, um, but this whole idea that the the religious, the ones that were studying diligently the scriptures knew that Jesus Christ was coming to die and somehow they just kind of missed it, and they just thought this carpenter from Nazareth was just some crackpot that was claiming to be God. No. If they did know it, they were willingly ignorant during that time. But leading up to that, they had no idea. They were looking for their uh, king, their Messiah. But the point is, is that they were not, they were not looking forward to the cross. Okay? Sorry. They weren't. Anyways. Let's go down and uh, get back to Rome, or see, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and pick it back up in verse number 11. Because he's been talking about, uh, he just finished up, but God revealed them unto us by his spirit, of course, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him. I know things about myself because my own littlest spirit, my mind, knows them about them. That's what it's saying. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. That is why you've been quickened. This is what's so amazing about you are dead in trespasses and sins. What do you mean? I'm alive. No, spiritually speaking, you're dead. You cannot, you have no knowledge of him. It's impossible, as we're about to see, in your natural state to even know spiritual things. But by his grace, he uses his spirit to convict you of your need of a savior and your condition and the things that just gnaw on you. And if you're listening to this and you're hearing this and you're like, wow, something's just bugging me. That's the Holy Spirit of God dealing with you, drawing you, the Bible says. Just like you draw a net in when you're out fishing. That's the only thing. And then at the moment, finally, when you give up your self-righteousness and you come to the end of yourself and come as a broken sinner, thinking to like, well, I'm not good enough. It's his righteousness. Jesus is who he said he was. God manifest in the flesh and he died for my sins and was buried and rose again the third days according to scriptures. The gospel of our salvation. The Bible says, he seals you and quickens you, makes you alive at that moment. Excuse me. At that moment. And even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So when you are brought into his body, you now have his mind, his spirit. Let's keep reading. Now we have received, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, as I just said. This is his mind, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, I wonder how that happens. It's because you're adopted. 
Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse number 15. This is so awesome. Romans chapter 8. So many things happened. So many things happened at the very instantaneous moment of salvation. Boom. You're brought into his body. He has quickened you. Uh, he is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are in him. You are flesh of his flesh, bone of his bones. You're made into the body of Christ. You're now made joint heirs with Christ and all these different kinds of things. Well, why? It's because you're not a servant anymore. You're now a son. Look at uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 15. How do you become a son? It's because of this. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of Look at the word there, large S, the capital S, spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, amen. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. That's what happens at the moment of salvation. We are adopted to where the same spirit where he says in that moment in the garden, not my will, but thine, when you finally say not my will, but yours, and you come to the end of yourself and receive that spirit of adoption, you can say the same thing he said in the garden when he said, Abba, Father, because you have that same spirit in you. It's an incredible thing to think about that the... The God that created all things, the God that spoke the worlds into existence and so forth and so on, now is in you, is in me. And that's all been made possible because Christ died on the cross, shed his blood for the remission of sins. So now we're no longer servants and under bondage, Galatians calls it the bondage of the law. He fulfilled the law. He kept the law. So therefore, you're in him. You're clothed in his righteousness. So that you're not receiving the spirit of bondage, but now you have the spirit of God. Let's read that once more in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse number 12. I'm sorry. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. We had the spirit of the world, no longer. But the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. I, I was talking to a brother last night about this. I, I really... I always like to go, you know, like years ago, just wanted to go to, hey, what does this person have to say about things and read this book and all this other kind of stuff about things of God. But when I started just reading the word for what it, it actually says, it just says it, it clearly says it. And I removed my own wisdom and man's wisdom and let men who wanted to be diligent about the word of God teach the word, preach the word. It's an amazing thing about how awesome the Bible just started coming alive to me and saying, well, it says it clearly right here. Well, this person over here teaches another way. I, I don't care. Well, they've been teaching this 
for 150 years, 2,000 years, whatever. I don't care. I want to know, but which is of the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I want to know what the Word of God says, and I'm going to follow it. That's it. Because I was once a natural man, but now that I reckon myself who I actually am, I clearly know my identity in Christ, okay? I'm not this natural man anymore. Verse number 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual, well, who is that? It's because Christ in you, you're spiritual. You are now a saint, sanctified, justified in him. Because of that, you ever heard, hey, don't judge me? And I think if you're trying to judge somebody in your own wisdom, that's absolutely accurate. Don't, don't, don't judge in your own wisdom. But we will, brethren, judge angels, the Bible says. Whoa. How is that possible? Paul's going to address that in this letter. And in, in I think that letter or the second letter to the Corinth, the Corinthians, talking about judging matters. We can judge these things because of who is in us, because we don't judge with our own wisdom, but the spiritual judgment in us. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. What does that mean? I'm not guilty. You can't judge me. Well, what about this? Okay, what about that? When Christ sees me, uh, he sees me clothed in his righteousness. I'm judged of no man because I've been redeemed. I've been judged, I guess you would say, already. Well, wasn't Jesus judged? He was perfect, knew no sin. Pilate said, I'm washing my hands of this situation. There's no fault in this man. You're right. There was none. But when he hung on that cross, he took your sins on him. Your sins have already been judged, my friend. He nailed it to his cross. That's why I'm not judged of any man. It's because... Those sins have already been judged. They've been obliterated. They're gone. But we can judge all things in our own wisdom, in our fleshly wisdom, Brother Mike? No. Through this. Verse number 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. We have the mind of Christ. Folks, recognize that. I'm teaching and preaching to myself. How often I forget that and try, and it's a, it's a, it's a groaning. It's a, it's a thing that I'm, I'm, I, it upsets me, I guess you would say, because it's like, that's not who I am. Why am I, oh, it just, that's the struggle. I need to die to self. Die to self, Michael. Give God the praise. Be thankful. That's the will of God. Be thankful for who you are in Christ. Remember who you are. And that's why I constantly talk about that because the word of God, 
this epistles to us, the church, talks about it all the time. And so many people live under the bondage of their old dead self. They live under it. Every single day, oh, you know, I'm just, oh, I need to just keep my sin account clean and this, that, and the other thing. And they live a miserable life. But we're supposed to have joy in our life. We're supposed to rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. The fruits of the Spirit are those things, not down and miserable. Because remember who you are in Christ. You've been made a son, an adopted son. You're joint heirs with Christ. You're no longer a natural man. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. A lot of things that I know we went through. Uh, it took a little bit more time than I was expecting to take, but um, it's so good. I just had to just keep talking about it. I'm over here blubbering and snotting. I had to, <laughs> oh, man, I had to mute it. I'm sorry about that. Oh, man. All right, let's get over here and see if we have any comments. Wow. Um, just, it was, it's just so good to, to, to think about that. I just got myself, I guess you would say, a little emotional. Uh, just teaching through that. I apologize, like I said, uh, for the sniffles. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, there's no comments uh, on YouTube or Facebook, but I'm, I'm giving it a few minutes here. And if nothing comes up, we'll go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. But uh, I hope that helped you, brethren, sisters out there. And also, by the way, if um, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about and you've uh, thinking that it's foolishness, you've been thinking that it's foolishness, You've never come to the end of yourself and your own self-righteousness. Please write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'd love to talk to you. So, if you just know the joy, the joy that is in Christ. Well, a lot of people are watching over on Facebook and a lot of people are watching on YouTube. So that's been a blessing. So if there's anything that you'd like to comment on, like I said, there's a little bit of delay in this uh, audio. Um, so while I'm saying this, you won't hear it and have a chance to write anything down. So I'm going to give it about another minute or so. Aaron Clark says, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Brother Aaron Clark, I love you, my friend. That is that is my brother. He's uh he said, you're crying like that Aaron guy. <laughs> um, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, man. You're crying like that Aaron guy. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm trying not to have dead air here or start, like, crying again, laughing. I miss you, my brother. Uh, I miss all you guys up there, all the brethren. Up there at the New Testament Church of Hagerstown, Hagerstown, Maryland. If you're ever needing a to find a group of believers that are just trying to follow the word, 
please write to me and I will show you or give you the address or get you in contact with Brother Aaron. And they would love, love, love to talk to you. Okay, I think that's it. My dad's in the house, he said, still, still watching. I appreciate that, Pop. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, Miss Bonnie, I don't know if you're still watching or not, but um, uh, hopefully the audio stuff got corrected for you. It's good to see you, Miss Miss Allen. And also, Brother Ken, don't know if you're watching. Hey, Brother uh, Beaver there. High Voltage Beaver, Brother Jason. Good to see you, Brother. And uh, thanks for joining me over there on YouTube. Well, that's it. First Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, Lord willing, next week. First Corinthians chapter 3. Um, and we'll talk about a few things there. Um, talking about these babes in Christ. Um, as we mentioned even tonight about the sincere milk of the word. but uh, Because they were carnal. They were, they were seeing themselves, so to speak, in... Um, as a natural man. And Paul had to just remind him, that's not who you are. What's going on with you? It's such an amazing thing, too, because you always, I, I guess, I don't know who, like, I would hear this from, but it's just, I guess, growing up around just just certain types of preaching, and um, I don't even think necessarily my dad, but just, you know, going through, uh, like, Christian schools and stuff like that, just talking about uh, the church at Corinth and how how carnal and wicked they were. And then in the first couple of verses, if you, if you notice what Paul calls them, he calls them sanctified saints. Oh, I lost a little bit of uh, video there for a second. That's That has not happened in a, in a while. Hopefully you didn't drop the audio, but anyways... The point is, is that we, that's not who we are in Christ, okay? And such a freedom, the liberty that we now have. Well, that's it, folks. I think that's going to do it. There's nobody writing in. I'm so glad and thankful that you joined me here on Let This Mind Be New. Like I said, let's come back uh, next week, and we'll go through 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I hope you're finding a uh, local group of believers to be with. Um, study through these things, and... Um, you know, I'm, that's what I want to push you towards because that's what they were doing. Okay, they didn't have the ability to, you know, and their their church, so to speak, was the you know get online or something like that. All right, <laughs> my dad. No, <laughs> uh, if you're on Facebook and you're reading the comments, you can see who he's saying good night to. Uh, my dad, I love you. <laughs> Anyways, that's some insight. That's only for the Facebook feed people. They can watch it and uh, look at the comments live on Facebook. So, good night, Pop. That's going to do it for now. So, thank you for joining me on Let's This Mind Be In You. I'll I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me, like I said. And uh, we'll um, we'll pick it up. And uh, maybe a, a produced video or something, um, if I can get something together before then. But if not, I pray that you have the mind of Christ. And if you do have the mind of Christ, remember... You do have it, so let this mind be in you. All right, that's it for now. God bless.